Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's and the game is on. Ten minutes in. It's three to none. I'm sipping back on a decan. I don't give a damn if it's 9 a.m. My football team's got me drinking. again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. For the first time in uh, about 57 years, I think it feels like. <laughs> hey, uh, watch yeah, that we... crack. Was, was that a crack against Fad 9? <laughs> oh, what? What did I, Whoa, did I just... don't drag me into this. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was ignoring his atheism. <laughs> so, right, we are the Blue Testament. Uh, my name is Cody Bradley. I'm joined by... Thad Bell and Robert Russert, as always. And this time we've got Jimmy Mack joining us, another Blue Testament compadre. A little cross-pod promotion tonight. Hello. What's going on, man? Happy to be here. So everyone is surviving this post-apocalyptic world we're living in here? Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. Sounds like he's doing nice and well. (laughs) Let's just jump right into it. It's going to be defensive heavy tonight. Just as, you know, Sporting Kansas City did not, we are going to focus on defense. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to defend anybody. (laughs) (laughs) 
so let's just start off talking about the center backs. Um, look, I was looking at Chad's thoughts on the match, and he pointed out that it was the two oldest center backs on the team paired to start that game. Uh, I, I was also kind of surprised to see that after uh, Vermees had mentioned he thought uh, Winston Reed was was tired, so it was kind of interesting to see him out there, and Beesler all of a sudden making his reemergence. I made the point in my article that two World Cup veterans, but uh, obviously that didn't make much difference. Well, it's you know it was kind of surprising to me to see Beesler back in the starting lineup when we did because Peter had had such high praise for for Graham Smith, and you knew eventually Beesler was going to make his way back in at, at some point, uh, but kind of like you mentioned that, that Chad pointed out, two oldest center backs on the roster. I thought Winston Reed played pretty well against Minnesota. Uh, he just – Absolutely. They, they just weren't challenged very much by Minnesota, so maybe that's why he was kind of able to fly under the radar. But I thought he did pretty well. But, yeah, I mean, this was his first competitive, you know, league match since I think they said like May of 2018 or something like that. So we're, like, we're talking like two and a half years that he hasn't played outside of international football. And yeah, so, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, understandably he's tired, and then you've got athletic uh, forwards, and especially on the wings for um, for Houston and Albert Elise and Darwin Quintero. So yeah. both both he and Beasler just got exposed at times. True that. Um, okay, so how about uh, who, who who's been the best center back on the team so far? We've seen they've they've thrown everybody out there. Who, who's been the best that we've got? That's a good question. It might honestly be Graham Smith, maybe. I mean, it's got to be <laughs> yeah, him that's... or, or, or Puncic, but, I mean, Graham Smith stepped in, and, and you know, the, the defense was maybe not world beaters, but they were solid. Yeah, so, I know. That's, that's kind of where I thought that this was like – that question was going to end. Just like by default, Graham Smith has been, you know, not – not actually bad any game yet so it's like he kind of he, he just wins because of that oh no Fontas has not put a foot wrong yet <laughs> true that true that I forget that he is still on this roster and I don't even know I don't remember at this point if he's healthy or not I think he's at least close to healthy if not healthy but like he is practicing and available for selection yeah so I mean selection for uh the team formerly known as Swill Park Rangers or for Sporting <laughs> Kansas City? Yeah, I think we're all afraid that if uh, Fontes is thrown in, he's going to turn it into a real shit show. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if nothing else so has much been depends working. On who's, I think it depends on who he's paired with, quite honestly. Who he's yeah, paired okay. with who, who else is around him. So. I do. I actually have that question written down here to talk about as well. What, what's, what's the best pairing we think we've got? I mean, I, I liked what I saw out of Puncic and, and Smith, um, but I think that might just be a function of, at this point, those are the two most athletic center backs we have on the roster. And, you know. Most athletic, we, for sure. Beasler's had a, a, a great career, obviously, and, and as has Winston Reed at, at you know, the, some of the highest levels in, in the world. But neither of them are super fast anymore, um, whereas, you know, Smith obviously is pretty young. Puncic isn't, isn't that old either, but you know, there were the comparisons to, he was probably the closest in athleticism to Ike that we've had since Ike left when he came in. And, yeah. you know, they, they, they are able to cover mistakes that the rest of the team makes defensively more easily than Reed and Beasler could. 
Reed is obviously like very athletic, but I just, at the moment, like we were just saying, and I'm, you know, no one's confident he's absolutely 100% fit and can right. you know, reel out a bunch of these in a row. Right. But, you know, he's, and he's I mean, we did 100%. see, yeah, right. We, I mean, we, and we did see some of the athleticism. Like he's the obvious target on all set pieces and corner kicks. And, you know, it almost comes off, you know, more than we've, we're used to with this freaking team on corner kicks. But uh, yeah, I think I do think at the moment the two that you threw out there, Jimmy, those those are probably at least the most athletic. I, I think if if those two were thrown out there, that's the ones I would be least afraid of. He was also definitely upgraded uh, in the air on defense part two. Yeah, he cleared yeah, out a lot they, of balls that we weren't getting since Ike was there. And that was big, and that as they kept talking about in the broadcast, of course, that was big against Minnesota, which is kind of their cup of tea. So he did do really well in that game, and, and that's why this was pretty disappointing to see such a far step back after being so surprised in his first appearance in so long. Well, I do you almost... think there's do you think there's any credence to the idea that Beasler and Reed were chosen because they're the best passers, best on the ball? Any ideas on that? Are they? <laughs> are they well, I mean, Pustis isn't bad, and Smith yeah. isn't bad, but I think Reed, I think Beezer are a step up on that. But yeah, I, I would that maybe why they were paired together because we were at home, and he thought that's what we're going for is controlling the ball, controlling the play. I don't know. And it just Houston seems has like been you... bad in the past. Yeah, exactly. It just seems like you wouldn't want to like test the waters against such a fast. Exactly, I agree. Like that. Yeah. It just seems like not the right team to like, you know, test the waters and have two slow guys that are gonna, you know, be trying to pass the ball around with these, with I agree. these quick little motherfuckers running around. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out the reasoning behind it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. It, it 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 definitely surprised me. I mean, I think I think Bob's right. Be Beasler in particular for sporting has, you know, throughout his career, he's been the go-to center back when we're trying to play out of the back and, you know, he, he can find those passing lanes and whatnot. So I don't know, maybe Peter's th thought process was, you know, this is a fast team, especially up front. So we're going to need to be smart with our passing. And so let's get the two experienced guys in there and, and maybe it just, maybe just backfired. Cause I mean, there's, there's not, there wasn't a lot of speed on the back line anywhere really for sporting this past game. I mean, Zussi can bust his ass and, and, you know, make a gut busting run for 80 yards to make a recovery after he's overlapped on the right side. But I mean, at his age, he's not as fast as he once was either. So the, you know, yeah. it, it falls on the center backs. And I think it was Winston Reed. Uh, one of the goals where Quintero made a cross across the face of goal to uh, Elise, you know, Reed just got absolutely turned around and fell on his ass and, uh, <laughs> you know, it didn't look great. And Beasler you know, was, was hesitant to step up at time. Like when, when Quintero scored the, the goal from the top of the box and it was a fantastic goal, but you know, no, Buzio was late to it. And then Beasler didn't really step up and Quintero just had too much space and was able to put it away. Do we think those two could be better? Is it like, if was it the two of them were not maybe on the same page yet having, you know, their first pairing together, it seems like they should have been two very experienced and smart players and they were just, a couple moments that were just like, wait, how did that happen with these two, with two guys that were this experienced? And it wasn't even always, you know, they were beat because of speed or whatever. So I don't know. It was, it was, it was one of the more frustrating matches in recent memory, honestly. 
when even when you have a team that's faster than your center backs, you have to play according to that. You have to be strategic how you play that. So I, I do think that they should have been smarter about that. I, I, I always hate to like think about just the fact they're slow. You just have to be smarter about how you play them and strategically foul, be in better positions, all that. But I yeah. do. You remember how like last year we talked a lot about how when Fontas was so good or so bad, it was when he was out there with Beasley, and he's a left-footed center back playing the right side of the center pairing. Was that did that mess him up? I think in this last two games, Reed was the left center back when he was out there with uh, Smith, and then he was the right center back when he was out there with Beasley. Could that yeah. mess him up? I mean, I, you think that much can mess up a center back like that? That's used to playing. You would game? hope not. <laughs> yeah. If it is, then that's an issue itself. <laughs> I do think, though, you know, along those lines, there is something to be said. I mean, you know, when Sporting KC had their run a few years ago of almost being undefeated at, at home all year until we got smashed by San Jose. But, you know, one of the, one of the real key points of that year for me was that there was pretty good consistency along the back line throughout the entire year, which allowed them to play so well at home. One of the tough parts of this year, just by virtue of the compressed schedule is there's going to be so much rotation. And you always hear that like, you know, the, the chemistry between center backs and the goalkeeper are really the whole back line, the goalkeeper, but especially center backs and the goalkeeper is, is so important just as far as organization of the defense goes. And when, every game you're getting different pairings of center backs that have never played with each other. And they're playing left side, one game, right side, the next, but also you're with a new guy and, and you're still trying to get used to being in match fit and all that stuff. I, I think maybe not any one thing by itself is what causes the problem. But when you kind of start adding up all of these things together, they just start having a compounding effect and it makes it that much more difficult. Oh man, you're just, we're, we're, you're just beating me down. How about before, <laughs> before we go to break here, let's end with yeah. uh, let's let's try to find a positive. Can we, can we find a positive of something? Of oh, this I was going to throw something else out. Do you mind if I throw something else out? <laughs> oh, good God! Yeah, hit me with it, and then we'll find a positive. <laughs> okay, well let's let's flip the script here. You're Houston, and you're looking at Sporting, and this is no mystery to the whole league. How do you beat Sporting? You know, you attack where there's spaces that their backs, outside backs, leave. But, I mean, Houston's saying, okay, let's look at the left side. Let's look at, you know, we're the Zuzi side, our left side, their right side. But then they're like, hey, we've got this young guy playing left back who doesn't – wow, their mouths were watery. You know, we all know the talent that Houston does have uh, offensively. Let's pull those center backs out. Let's make those center backs work. Look, what do we have at holding midfield? Oh, we got a 19-year-old. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I mean, good Who's God. He's not a holding midfielder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just look at what Houston was saying, and you got to give credit to Houston to exploit those things and get Beasler and Reed. Hey, they're two good center backs. Yeah, let's make them run crazy and have to cover everywhere. All right. Well, all last year we heard that Sporting KC Nation was crying that the kids did not get enough playing time, and the <laughs> second they do, look what happens, mm -hmm. and and we get and Vermees gets in trouble for <laughs> the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, they do it every time they lose. But <laughs> there's always a Vermese out crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that our positive, Cody? The youth are getting some time. Yeah, that was you know if if no one else had one, I was that's what I was going to use. <laughs> and it also it also kind of aligns with uh, one that I liked was um, 
he, I like the way Vermees has been using subs. I, I, I like this addition to the sport. I, that's one of the things I hope kind of stays as a result of this. I like the multiple subs. I like that Vermees is using them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, 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 like, I like this development. Well, and along the lines of, you know, playing the kids, like I, I expect, I was pretty harsh on Jalen. I know we'll talk about the, the outside backs here in a little bit, but I was pretty harsh on him throughout the whole game. But I did think it was interesting seeing Peter's comments about him after. So maybe this is a positive as he, he basically was like, you know, this, this was a, a learning experience for him. And this is one of those games where he'll look back on and take some things from it and do better next time. And I kind of expected Peter to, to be in more of an angry mood after the game and was a little surprised oh, yeah. that he wasn't. Uh, but so that's, I guess, a positive is maybe it's a learning experience for a player like Jalen Lindsay. But then also we've all heard Peter talk before about how his dream one day is to have a full 11 on the field of homegrown players. And this was the first game where we had five homegrown players on the field at the same time. So it might not have been the circumstances we wanted to see it under, but it's progress toward that goal that Peter has. Yeah. It's there. That pipeline is showing itself for sure. That was my positive there was having five of them on there. I stole it. Sorry. <laughs> so, hey, positive then. I like Cam Duke a lot. Yeah, I do too. Cam Cam Duke has been good. Limited amount of time, but uh, yeah, I think he's showing why they signed him and why they why they wanted to so badly. Positive on center backs, like you guys talked about uh, attacking. Uh, aerial play, things like that. Come on, guys. We got a we got a DP Mexican striker. What the hell? There's got to be a positive on the offense somewhere. But we were right? talking about center backs. I thought we were talking defense there. <laughs> if you want to, okay, here you want a positive on offense. Uh, just, if you, yeah, on yeah, not even just that game. Any positive that we can look at. Well, okay. Any positive. <laughs> well, yeah. Alan Polito is good. Gadikinda is good. Yeah, like I think go. this this team is gonna be fine. And you know we started off really well in in March and obviously got off to, to two strong starts. And then there was a four month layoff and then it took a little bit of time to get into the swing of things. And obviously MLS's back was a little weird. And then there was another month and a half off and now we're taking some time to get back into the swing of things. But, yeah. you know, maybe one could argue that the closest, you know, we've seen to what this team actually is was back in March after they had a full preseason together, they trained, they were, you know, in closer to match fitness, didn't have all this weird extracurricular stuff going on. So Sky's not falling. Give it a little time. We're still in first place in the West. There's a positive. All there right. You go. First place in the West. That's where we go to break. Right. There. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's a football night. It's a football night. We can gather all the friends all around the tomb. That's not a better thing to do. It's a football night. It's a football night. When the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, you know we're gonna feel alright. Alright, let's 
jump into the outside backs conversation. The other part of the disaster that was the defensive, the back line in the last match. Uh, where are we at with Graham Zussi right now? Graham, not so sound Zussi. <laughs> well, is it anything new? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is it, we know by this point what Graham is at right back and he's, He's he's fine, but you know his his greatest strength at right back might also be his greatest weakness is that he likes, and and Peter likes as part of the system him pushing up and overlapping on that right side with whoever's on the on the right wing, and he gets super high up in the attack. And obviously he used to be a winger, so he's very good up there. But that leaves the the back exposed, and you know he's he's pretty fast, but he's not as fast as he once was, and he can make those gut busting runs. But you know it it it's not always fast enough to get back to make up ground that should otherwise be covered. And if the rest of the defense or the midfield is, is rotating maybe a little bit slower than they should, like what seemed to be happening against Houston, then it just leaves too much space for the wingers to work. I'm, I'm just so conflicted with Zussi. He has always been, you know, like one of my favorites. And, and yes, like you said, he, we all know he'll do those runs and he does every single game over and over. Like he'll run 12 miles a game if you need him to like, but and like and the, I even remember one specific play. He did it. A, he ran, you know, probably thirty yards just to make sure to like get his shoulder in front of you know the one this one winger. And the second he did that, it just it filled the lane and the pat you know the pass wasn't there and the the play went another direction. And I just saw him like get to that point. He knew he had to get right there, and then he could just see the like oh god I made it. And then two seconds later, the ball came back that way, and he had to make another run forward and leap in the air and head it. And he got landed on the ground hard. And I'm just like, God, Susie, he just plays so hard. I love it. But then, you know, at the same time, you know, if, if, if he gets outran, then he gets outran. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about where, uh, where is Luis Martins? What happened? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> What Peter said in the press conference this week was that he had had a little Achilles issue, and he, while he's not on the injury report right now, he is, uh, for the last couple of games at least, he didn't think he was game fit to start. Okay. So he's, he's not in the doghouse then? Well, I don't think Peter would actually say that if he was. Hey, he's done it before. We know he doesn't like to, but he has done it before. Yeah, you you have to be really in the doghouse for him to call you out on that. But I do think that perhaps he actually was injured, like it, maybe in the last game in uh, Orlando. So they went for, you know, what, three weeks or so before starting back up again. So in that time, he was probably injured. He would have yeah. been on an injury report if they'd have had a game at that time. But by the time they had a game, he was technically off the injury report and back training, but he had missed two or three weeks. See, I see. So like then that's what right now. He's he's off the injury report, but there's no way he would start a game because he just started up training like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. It does okay. it does make me wonder though, like is there like are they worried about his health from a longer term perspective? Do they not like what they see out of him? Is there something else going on? Because I know a few days ago there were those rumors that started circulating about uh, Juan Sanchez Mino, who's a left back, who can also play midfield. So maybe Sporting Casey would, would you know, have him more as a midfielder. But, uh, you know, he's, he's down at Independiente. And 
he's a left back and, and he's 30 years old. So obviously this isn't a future signing if this were something that were to come to fruition. And they're, and they're reportedly far apart on a, on a price tag. But when I start seeing Sporting KC going after 30-year-old left backs, I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if do they not like what they're getting out of Martins. Yeah, that would indicate the, you know, uh, uh, an immediate need that they see. Or it's a look forward to next year. Okay, let's drop the Zuzi project and yeah, move Lindsay to where he should be. I don't know. So yeah, the Luis Martin <clears throat> Luis Martin's conversation obviously brings up the Jalen Lindsay conversation. So my my guy had a bad game. And, you know, I'm I'm obviously still a big Lindsay fan, but he he definitely did not play well. <laughs> I think Houston, which is weird to say this, what I'm about to say, because Houston was last place in the league and they generally are, are not good on the road. But Like Houston, ever. <laughs> right. But Houston always seems to be a tough matchup for SKC. And I think it's just because part of it's the system SKC plays with the fullbacks pushing so far up to help in the attack. And then you combine that with the speed they have on the wings. It was just kind of a perfect storm where you have – someone like Albert Elise, who's one of the most dangerous wingers in the entire league and maybe the fastest player in the league, just was able to feast all day when, you know, Lindsay would get caught a little bit too up the field or he'd drift a little bit too far toward the middle and leave Elise too wide open on the outside. And there's just nothing he could do to really slow him down all game. Yeah, there's not a lot of their, not a lot of outside backs are actually going to keep up with him when he's at full Ex- speed out there. Exactly. And I don't, and I don't really know my my judgment from when Lindsay was pre-injury to when I saw him last year is I think he lost half of a step from I don't know if that's if that's accurate or I'm just dreaming that or but that's kind of how I thought it was was that he's lost just a little bit of speed so he may still be trying to adapt to that or regain that speed yeah okay so how about we go around uh, and I want to hear everybody's starting back line against Colorado here. Robert, let me get, let me hear your back line. Oh, can't say. Oh gosh. Okay. So we're saying Martins is healthy. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I would put him back at left back uh, center backs. I think it's gotta be Smith. And I mean, I, I don't know if I see, Peter putting Reed in for a third game in a row, but then I don't know what Poonchit's thing is. So one of those two. And then um, Zuzi on the right. Zeus again, eh? I thought you called yeah. for the end of the Zuzi project there, Robert. No, I didn't call for it. I was wondering <laughs> if it is or it could be for next year. I don't know. Just... I mean, I think I agree with Robert. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Martins on the left, probably Smith. And Punchech, I would guess, and then Zusi on the right. The, the biggest concern I have at this point is our backup right back was Jalen Lindsay. Jalen Lindsay's now gone a couple games, had a terrible game this last game, so I don't see him stepping into the right back starting role that right. is his more natural position. But also, Zusi's not a spring chicken. He can't keep up this pace every single game. So if he needs a rest, then who do you put at right back? I mean, at that point, you're looking at, do we change the formation and do something crazy and play a three-man back line and have a five-man midfield? I don't know. Is, is, Am- is Amadou Dia just not at all capable of playing right back? <laughs> well, that's actually one of the questions I've had is when we've been questioning how they're playing is Dia is not coming off the bench to 
spell somebody. He's not starting to spell somebody. So I think he's capable to play at that level. So. I also believe Cameron Duke can play some outside back. They've, they've said that, and they've said that that's potentially where he could end up. But, uh, again, I think as, as good as he's looked currently in a higher-up spot, I don't think that'll happen unless they just need him to. All right, so who's your four or five? Okay, um, I'm going to give you the four that I think is going to start, and then I'll give you the four that I want to start. How about that? Okay. The four that I think is going to start is going to be Lindsey, Reed, Smith, and Zussi. Wow. Uh, that's not the four that I want to start. If Puncic that's... is healthy, I want him in there, either as Smith or counterpart. As I want the center backs to either be Puncic and Smith or Puncic and Reed at this point. Um, I would start Dia over Lindsey at the left if Martins is not ready. And I would put Lindsay on the right to see if he is better at his natural side. So Thad, you have you have Poonchech as CB one. If if it's yeah. my choice, yes. Yeah. Um, I am at that same exact back line there as Thad. Uh, I would like to see. I think I think Reed and Poonchech. Uh, I, I would like to see them, like you know, lock down in a in a forceful way those positions, and you know, gain a good partnership. And if the, if those two were paired up, I would feel pretty good the rest of the year. If if uh, you know, Reed can continue to develop, I guess. And yeah. yeah, I don't. I have you know, I have no better answer on the on the <clears throat> on the right back spot than than Zussi right now. So. Zeus there, and uh, and I, I would like to see Lindsay again on, on the left. Somebody's shaving in the background. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> what the heck is that. My, my friggin' roommate is uh, sawing something on our back deck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and with Reed, I mean, I know we've kind of moved away from the center back spot, but I think he is the starting center back for the rest of the year with some spelling for relief because he is a better I he is going to struggle with the fact that he's not in 100% shape he he was killed in Orlando because of heat he's not used to it I think that's part of what he suffered here in Kansas City that last game um, I, I worry about if he starts up in Colorado now that's going from two warm games to an altitude game for a guy who's not used to that much difference but yeah. if when he's rested and healthy and et cetera, he should be the anchor of the center back pair, whichever, whoever else is there at this point. So I want to throw out a question then, because this is something I've been trying to figure out. Like obviously somebody here in the center back spot, and I know we've already talked about center backs a lot, but somebody's going to be the odd man out. Um, Beasler is not used to sitting on the bench and, and fans aren't used to seeing him sit on the bench. It's happened to him before he had a spell of games where he's, you know, was on the bench for a while and he came back eventually and reclaimed the spot and whatnot. But if it starts to look like it's Reed and Punchech or Reed and Smith or Smith and Punchech or some combination of those three, Beasler's, I don't think the type of guy that's going to want to just sit on the bench and, and, and not get some playing time. Is there a possibility, even though he's from Kansas City, he's a local boy, he's a club hero, that Beasler at some point goes to Peter and says, hey, if I'm not in the cards to play, let's look at a move. Yes. 
I'm all Never. for it. Never will he do it. He's captain Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, I have some friends who are big, big time Sounders fans, and they're not happy with their back line. And they've texted me each of the last few games, and they're like, "If Beasler's not in there, would Beasler go to Seattle?" So oh, he has too much self respect to do that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that he'd go to Seattle, but I, I could. For I mean, he's a prideful guy, and he's a, he's he's played at the highest levels in the World Cup and whatnot. Like I could, I could foresee a, a scenario where he's like, I love Kansas City, I don't want to leave, but if I'm not going to play here, I also don't want my career to be over. Yeah, I've I've actually wondered that too, and like if he was going to move, where what would be some likely choices? Um, Nashville, because of the they like our players, um, because of Mike Jacobs. Yeah. Okay. Um, are, are have we are, are we at the point where we're talking about where Beesler is going to leave? I'm, is that if that's where we've reached? I'm ending this podcast because I don't want to talk <laughs> about that. I don't. Want we're talking about happen. potential landing places for Matt Beesler. What the hell? Where did where did this podcast go all of a sudden? I just think it's a fair thing to wonder at some point. It certainly is. I'm I'm with Jimmy. It is a fair thing to wonder. I don't want it to happen because right. I would like him to retire in Kansas City, having never played anywhere else. Um, and optimally, I would like to see him starting X number of games. I don't know what that number is, but I also thought it was telling that when he did start yesterday, or a couple days ago, he was not wearing the captain's armband. I think that's a big thing, too. Polito has claimed that captain's armband, and he is holding on to it. And I, it's something I did not notice, but uh, – when Polito subbed off there towards the end, who did he hand a band to? Does anybody know? I didn't watch. I didn't see it, so I don't know. Didn't see. I didn't see. Uh, and man, cool. Well, David, way to pose that question. If, and then if you an give, that. if if you can well, filibuster would, for a period of time, I can look it up real quick. Oh, no, that's gonna take me. No, we have well, a we I, have a cliffhanger. How, how, <laughs> Are you like fast forwarding through the game or something? I was trying to go to <clears throat> yeah the game detail to see at what point in the game he was subbed out, and then yeah, I have a recording of the game. I was just going to go there and see if it it showed well, it. Okay. Since Robert was in the press box, I was wondering if he perhaps knew what happened. At that point, I was still trying to catch up with all the goals that Houston scored and trying to put some description down. <laughs> at, at that point, you just say floodgate open. <laughs> Um, and see. I was shooting, and I didn't even think about it at the time, quite honestly. So it wasn't until, like, after the game I went, oh. Who just... Let's see here. Sorry. I have, okay, Jimmy, you have the length of time as it takes for me to do my sign-off here. Okay. <laughs> but, okay, so hurry up. Well, wait a minute. That's just because you have buzzing noise in the background, Cody, that you're trying to get this over with. No, I said we were going to keep it short, Thad. I'm not letting you derail me again. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't derail. You're the one that has the buzz in the background. Uh, yeah, and that's why I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go punch my roommate in the face, too. <laughs> Here's the subs happening right now. They're I've, showing Hurtado come on the field, but they didn't show who Polito gave an armband to. Let me see if I can. You keep talking. I've tried to solve <laughs> It'll be a mystery been, here. I was doing pretty good at solving for you, don't you think, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay, well, for real, we are going to get out of here. I don't. Uh, oh, man. All right, was it Reed or was it uh, – was I it? Th I think it's Beasler. Be well, it's so hard to tell, but it's not Reed. All right. we, uh, we're going with Beasler because that's a feel-good story. The end of the game and see if, uh, I don't know, though. The end of the game, but um, – Okay, well, I'm, I'm Susie. Thad, 
Ted, if you have an, if you tweet that out, and we'll. Zuzi was my next choice. It's, it's Zuzi. Zuzi's got the armband. It's not Beasley. Ah. I can definitely tell you, Zuzi's got it on his left arm. There we go. There you have it. What a way to end the podcast. <laughs> Zuzi is the backup captain. Now we know. I would have assumed it's Roger, but he's already, he was already off the field, so. Okay, guys. Well, Jimmy, thank you for joining. We appreciate it very much. Uh, everyone go listen to his work over on No Other Pod. Uh, and yeah, yeah, thanks for coming, man. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I always invite you. I'm going to keep inviting you back until, I, until you tell me I'm annoying you. Nope, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds okay, good. So, uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Testament KC and join us at thebluetestament.com and leave us a comment. We will talk to you next week. It's going to happen. We're going to do it next week. Go Spartak! Woo! Yeah.